Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 117 of the Double Density Podcast with your hosts, Brian and Angelo. Double Density, your home to tech tales and paranormal primers. Now, first things first, Angelo, we are dropping on a weird day. I'm not sure when this exactly will drop, but probably sometime during the weekend. Uh, we were supposed to have an episode on on Wednesday. Um, life gets in the way sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Um, I was uh, unable to record, so now we're recording uh, a week late. We actually had said we we're going to record last Thursday, and here we are a Thursday later. Uh, but I guess it's kind of good because it brings us closer to the release of the new iPhones. So that's exciting. It also got me angry for the uh, paranormal side of things because I did more and more research as uh, time continued. Uh, uh, so like Batman, Bane broke your back, but you are back from the dead. And here you are uh, live and direct uh, podcasting episode 117. Yeah, I couldn't sit for too long a period of time. So we decided to push the uh, episode a little further. Uh, old man problems, I guess. If you turn your volume all the way up during this episode, you might hear Angelo, uh, uh, like the fabric rustle as he like stands and sits. Well, you're not going to edit that out? Well, I mean, like sometimes we'll see how that goes. Okay, <laughs> just make, make a whole thing out of it, won't you? Right. Okay, so let's go back to what you wanted to talk about originally, which is obviously Apple stuff, which is obviously there is a Apple event happening um, in the next week. Yeah. Uh, you want to you talk about Apple for a bit, so I will give the floor to you and uh, just quietly uh, nod and listen. Well, we know this is peak iPhone season, right? iPhones come out in September usually, and here we are, beginning of September. Apple has an event on September 10th, and of course, what's going to come out but new iPhones. Predictions this year, Brian, you know what they are? iPhone 9. No, they're going to have three iPhones. I think Apple's going to stick with the three iPhones thing. But the rumor this year is that what was the uh, 10R is now just going to be the iPhone uh, 11, okay. maybe. Who knows? We don't know about the names. And then there'll be like... One the, something that we continually bring up here is the, the naming nomenclature of Apple products and how frustratingly annoying it is. Well, they fixed everything, right? Like the iPads are just iPads now. There's no iPad 17 or whatever. They're just iPads. They're just Macs. They're just iMacs. They're just Mac Pros. Uh, there's right, the but on the phone Air. side of things, it's just, it's infuriating. And I think it's because everybody else numbers their phone. So like until somebody stops numbering their phone, like remember Galaxy skipped like the six so they can get to the seven right away because they didn't want Apple to be uh, ahead of them. And then that seven right. was a disaster anyway. A burning, burning disaster. Yeah. Yes. So you were saying we're going to see a couple of new iPhone models um, at this event. Yeah, there's going to be three. And what the rumors are now is that it's going to be an iPhone 11 and what was the 10 last year is going to be like the pro model. So like iPhone 11, iPhone 11 pro iPhone 11 pro max. That sounds weird. Um, I'm hoping they keep what they do with the iPads, right? Like it's not iPad pro uh, and iPad pro bigger or whatever. It's the two iPad pros and then you just choose a size. I feel like the iPhone 11 pro almost sounds like a sneaker at this point. <laughs> There's going to be people lined up outside the Adidas store instead of the Apple store. So you tend to see that sometimes though, I see when you that. work, right? Because like, we, we both uh, sort of like uh, have to cross um, the same bit of street in order to get there, right? So we see kids standing in line uh, and sneakerheads standing in line for their Yeezys usually. So, so it took me a while to figure out what was happening there. I always thought there was a sale, but then I realized, oh, no, this is like the iPhones of the sneaker world. And this is a thing that I'm totally not a part of and I don't understand at all. Where So I have this I have this theory, right? Where like you are kind of like data from Star Trek, whereas like you are not a human, but you're through like our interactions, you're slowly learning to become human. So in this instance, you're connecting what you know to an, an event that is occurring in the real world and sort of like making that mental link there. Well, somebody at work a few weeks ago kind of made fun of me because I said I, I veered off my routine and he said, oh, robot veering off routine does not compute. 
I mean, us not uh, podcasting on a regular schedule has veered us off our routine a bit, which is more problematic for you than for me once we get to the other side of things. Uh, but that is uh, neither here uh, nor there. Any surprises that you uh, have read about or are expecting from this Apple event? Well, one of the things has nothing to do with the iPhone, but they're th- saying they may not actually have a new model of the watch this year. That's one of the rumors. Um, the watch is pretty good. Like I have an, a Series 3 and it's totally fine. The 4 is really great, apparently. Uh, but the watch isn't getting much attention this year. There's been nothing in rumors. It's all iPhone all the time. Do you do you want a watch this year, Brian? No, I don't care for watches. No, you do you wear a watch at all, like a, a regular no, old no, fashioned watch since with batteries or solar powered or no, mechanical. I um, I had a watch in high school. Then I used a sundial for about four years, okay. and then I Hipster. had my phone. Yeah, most people just use their phones. I like having a watch. I like tracking my exercise apparently i'm not getting enough exercise because i'm broken yeah you also like being curt with me oh yeah you hate it when i send you messages uh just before okay. we recorded yeah. actually i i decided to go full serious suggestions and just sent brian a random great. sentence was, of words it was amazing maybe we'll screenshot and put that up siri really thinks i like meetings because it may it kept you bringing up meeting once again robot routine my friend yeah uh, i hate meetings too to be honest but uh, Everyone, go ahead. Uh, Angela, if you're in on Twitter, schedule meetings with him. <laughs> I think he would really love uh, uh, your what? You're like a timeshare condo pitch. Yeah, I've been getting more and more of those Google meetings to go like pick up my new iPhone or something. It's like, here's a new iPhone. Come and get it. And there's people that like actually agree to these meetings. It's very odd. I mean, it's the kind of the same kind of thing of like a phone scam, right? Yeah, it, it pretty much is. It, and, and, and sadly, people fall for it. And we've talked about this before, how people will fall, fall for these things. I mean, look, I'm getting older. I'm going to start falling for things. You're going to start coming and trick me and like say, oh, there's a special on tomatoes. Go to the grocery store and buy those tomatoes. Go to the tomato store? Yeah. yeah you really are a robot. You're really revealing your robot yeah. sides here. How much, how much is a tomato these days? I honestly don't know. That's so... Um, I've discussed with friends my age that you know you're old once you start getting excited about like sales at the grocery store. Oh, dude, I use apps. I try to find coupons. I know where to go for what. But more importantly, let's go back to iPhones. Are you getting a new phone this year? I might. I don't know. I uh, I still have my SE. It's still chugging along. Uh, you know, uh, knock on wood here. Uh, I don't know. I don't see anything till uh, till next year. I think at the very least uh, for me. Here's the last model actually getting the update to iOS 13 this year. Oh, wow. Like, I, I really uh, don't care no, don't. Uh, at the end of the day. So something that I want to sort of point out that I always point out, I feel like the Apple event will have uh, yet another one of those awkward AR displays um, because there still hasn't been enough buy-in uh, from anyone. And I feel like they're going to pitch another AR idea that will flop, right? Because, like, do you, have you used the uh, the jump shot um, app? Oh, yeah. All the time. I'm training <laughs> my son to be a basketball player. Uh, that would make a great documentary, by the way. The only AR app I've actually used uh, with some regularity and not even, let's say like, by that I mean seven times since I've had it uh, since iOS 12, is the Measure app, which is actually kind of cool. I thought you were going to say Pokemon Go, and I wanted to talk to you about your Pidgeot no, uh, fleet. I don't know anything about Pokemon Go. My kids are very excited for Sword and Shield this fall. So Pokemon completely passed me by, right? I was a bit too old for that, and I... As I've said before, I know very little about Pokemon. Is this something that you're going to learn with your kids? I will, yes. I will likely learn it okay. because we're going to be playing that game. Um, but we're, uh, in terms of games, we're excited about uh, the new Zelda. Well, new and old uh, Zelda Adventure of Link or whatever. No, not the Adventure of Link. Link's Awakening. 
and right, the remake. Yeah, and something I found out yesterday with the the what's it called the Nintendo Direct is that there's going to be SNES games now on the Switch, which is pretty great. That's right. Twenty uh, games, not the same as uh, those found on the SNES Classic. So there's a bit of difference between the two, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, a weird one is Joe and Mac Two. Yeah, weird. What about Joe and Mac One? I won't even know what's going on. I need the prequel. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely need to be caught up on your Joan McElroy in order I mean, to be able to enjoy the side-scrolling adventure. I won't know anything about what these old cavemen with funny hair are doing. It's like, it's j- just so when you boot the game up, don't hit start, and usually the story appears, right? And that's how it works for the old games? Yeah, I'm going to go look it up on Wikipedia just so I'm not lost. Um, so, okay, you're not buying an iPhone. I no. am maybe buying an iPhone. Uh, my wife definitely needs a new phone because her 6S is, is my old phone and is kind of falling apart. The the side button is i don't know if i have mushy is the right word but like it doesn't really click anymore kind of works uh, not as responsive yeah and her camera is not great is mushy a tech term what's that is mushy a tech term it is now yeah i bring it to the genius <laughs> bar uh we've got some mush on the side excuse button. me sir i have a degree of mush on my phone yeah Could you uh so skedaddle? i don't so i don't know what i'm gonna do um i'm i'm gonna wait a bit like i'm not i'm like if it comes out on like let's say september 26th i'll wait till the 27th of september no uh, i'll i'll well what you're talking about getting the sx maybe what's that the sx that's like that's a playstation game playstation oh, 2 sorry, the, ssx the XS, really great XS, snowboarding game iphone iphone xs in excess Yes, your favorite. Uh, let's not talk about that band because I know what I want to bring up, and it's not kosher to this podcast. Okay, so. we. Uh, I don't know what I. I might look. We, we've said this before. The iPhones are so good now that it doesn't really matter which one you have within like a, a certain amount of years. You have an SE, which is like we said, one of the more dated ones, and it's still fine. So yes, your I think your biggest barrier is that uh, sixteen gigabyte. Uh, yeah, space. exactly. That's the only thing I don't like about it. The rest I can I can deal with. It's just that one kind of like uh, nagging sort of uh, downside to everything is I constantly have to either um, shoot things to the cloud. I told you I upgraded uh, my uh, Apple storage, right? Oh, how exciting! I know I got the fifty gigs. Wow. I, yeah, I know all the cat pictures and videos you could ever want, all available on my account whenever I want them. Yeah, like, but now, like, I bought when I bought my iPhone eight, I didn't get the, I got the bottom one, and it was sixty four gigabytes. That's way more than enough. I've never even come close to filling that. With those hundreds of podcasts that you never listen to. Yeah, exactly. That that basically takes like one point two gigabytes or something. I, I never really pass too much with with that. It's it's the photos, but all those go to the cloud anyway because I have two terabytes of iCloud storage. Right, right. <laughs> I laugh at that. I think it's ridiculous that they force me to go from two hundred hey, gigabytes maybe, to two terabytes. Maybe maybe you'll get the five hundred the five hundred gig. Oh my dream! I, I stopped bringing it up because I'm so disappointed that they never bring it up. <laughs> you, you you need new dreams, my friends. Yeah, I know it's kind of sad. So look, one last thing, right? What do you think, Apple TV Plus? You know, that's something that's close to your heart, near and dear. You love the whole. Uh, <laughs> Uh, subscription service thing you can't get enough of them oh, i can't get enough yeah um i don't know right so uh like 10 bucks a month let's say okay apple's got a problem here right they have no back catalog so yeah no. here's apple tv plus 10 bucks a month we have four shows not worth it at all right you get amazon you get netflix and you have a whole back catalog and netflix has what hundreds of shows at this point that are their own yeah but how many do you really want to watch that's true, but still, there's lots on Netflix, whereas Apple can't come out with five or six shows and say, yeah, here, 10 bucks a month. I think, so I have two schools of thoughts with this. One, it comes bundled with Apple Music. Yes. That makes a lot of Which sense. Which I logically would believe it would be. Or anybody that buys an Apple TV gets it as part of Apple TV. 
yeah, but how many people buy Apple TV? It's like you're cutting off a lot of your audience there. And then like if you uh, uh, price it too high and you start gatekeeping, like if it's like 12 bucks oh, a month or whatever, okay. no so, one's going to care. No. So how about if if you buy an Apple product that supports it or you have one, you get it for free? Yeah, I like a phone or something. Yeah, anybody that has an iOS device or a Mac or an Apple TV has it as part of it. It's not So basically it's free. Right, because I kind of want to talk about the landscape right now because uh, as you and I both know, something we want to talk about uh, on this episode is the fact that Disney Plus is came, coming to Canada um, towards the end of the year. Day and date with the United States of America. Yeah, nine bucks a month Canadian. That's That never happens. And nine bucks Canadian for the entire Disney catalog is pretty amazing. Well, especially a family All like mine that properties. loves Disney and has kids, right? So. Yeah, right. Um, and then uh, further to that, right, the HBO Max service is coming online next year, and it's probably going to be about 15 bucks a month. And that is, so that I don't know much about. What is that? I mean, it's HBO. It's uh, all of the Warner Media stuff, right? So it's just. Oh, uh, okay. That's amazing. Yeah. So like, for example, like Friends will be on there. Yeah, I was about to say Friends. Friends is leaving Netflix. Yeah. Friends is the killer app on that platform. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, but beyond that, all the HBO uh, content as well as all the Warner Media content too, right? So we're seeing a time of siloing out here, uh, you know, in terms of streaming services. How this will impact Netflix, I don't know. Because let's be honest, a lot of their offerings these days are quite mediocre. Uh, a lot of stand-up specials, which I guess are cheap to produce and probably um, yield good results for them. But uh, in terms of like scripted series, like what's the last one that you were really wowed by? Apart from like for me, it probably would be Stranger Things. Oh, no, I have a few. Right now I'm watching Glow, which is fun. I'm watching, I watched Mindhunter, which is pretty good. Have you watched that? That's excellent, actually. Uh, I actually have read the nonfiction uh, book and much prefer that. Okay, well, it's pretty good. Um, there's a few things on Netflix. There's going to be some magic specials coming up, so that's always exciting. Gee, what a huge surprise there. There's some good ones, actually, on there. You should watch them. Okay, name me one that I should watch. Um, magic for Humans, Death by Magic. Uh, Brain Games, I would consider like a magic show, but that's not Netflix-specific. The other two are, are Netflix series. I'm good. I think You're good, uh, yeah. I'm good. Yeah, I think I'm all right on this one. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm excited about Disney. I'm excited about. Um, I'm not excited about the Apple TV Plus. To be quite honest with you, not at all. It doesn't. Nothing seems interesting. If I get it for free, I'll watch it. There's no way I'm paying for it though. I mean, the thing is that, like, um, you know, Apple traditionally hasn't been a content creator, and we've talked about this, right? Versus Disney, versus HBO, versus Warner Media, even versus even Netflix, who has a like almost like seven year leg up on them. Apple is, this is not something Apple is good at, right? It's a service. They're not really great at services. And it's a streaming thing. I guess if they stream it, iTunes always works, right? Like if you ever rent a movie for Apple TV, I've never had much trouble with that at all. So I guess they know how to do that. But in terms of that type of technology, Netflix has that market down. I'm curious to see how Disney is going to work. I hope it's not going to be a mess. I am curious about the interface too. I guess only time will tell. We have a couple of months before it launches, right? So uh, we'll see. And then um, a lot of more stuff is coming online from what I understand. So the Disney Plus service is going to be done in waves, right? So not everything will be there all at once. Oh, that's too bad. But I, I didn't expect that. Like, when we, Do you remember how sad and mediocre Netflix was when it started here in Canada? I got it in 2011. Okay, I got it the day it came out. I think it was October 2009, if I'm not mistaken. How much did you pay for it? I think it was $7.99. And now here we are uh, a decade later almost, right? Yeah, it's, I don't feel like it's gone up that much. Seven ninety nine in 2009 when I wasn't making anywhere close to the amount of money I was, I'm making now and, and with work um, was uh, not a big chunk of my salary, but it's way less than it now than it was then. So it's not, it's not too big of a deal uh, in terms of what is it here? It's $11, $13? 
Depends on the number of screens. Depends uh, if you want HD. Yeah, so we just have HD like that, two right? screens. So I think it's like the cheaper. I have the cheaper one because we don't. Okay. It's very rare. Well, we don't even have four screens. Well, I guess we have four screens in the house, but nobody's ever watching at the same right. time. And you don't have four personalities just yet. What's that? You don't have like four fully fledged adult personalities in your home just yet. No, like the kids often are watching YouTube anyway, uh, very specific channels as we've discussed in the past. And if my if for any chance they're watching two things at the same time, my wife will watch uh, Amazon Prime. Okay, so you're just you're spreading things around. Yeah, we we right? basically have Amazon Prime, YouTube, and Netflix that we watch, and then uh, and they're gonna add in Disney Mix to the plus of the mix. Yes, absolutely. Like I said, Disney is uh, a must purchase. Like, what is your like glass ceiling of how much you're wanting to pay for all these things per month? I don't think I'm gonna go anything beyond now what I'm I have Disney with right. So I have we've uh, I think we brought this up right. I have Netflix. I have Amazon Prime, which we can't really count because it's. We said what? Right, 30, we, tried, we, we tried calculating. Yeah, like thirty-five bucks a, month, a year, right? It's it's negligible because if if it's seventy dollars a year for Amazon Prime or eighty bucks a year, I can't remember what it is. Um, it's not that big of a deal. Netflix is worth it because we watch it a lot, and um, Disney is going to be nine bucks, and YouTube is twelve bucks a month. So, I, I so actually uh, before I forget. So well, we bought Detective Pikachu. It was on sale at Costco and it yes. came with the digital copy. And yes. when I went to input it, I couldn't, for some reason, they were not allowing me to add it to iTunes, which is normally what I, where I add it to when I get a digital copy with a DVD. And it forced me to add it to the Google Play Store, which I don't use, but I said, well, whatever, if it's the, only, it's the one option. And then I looked on my YouTube page and I saw purchases too. It always says one because my purchases yes. per month. And it's now in YouTube. So I kind of wanted to mention this super quickly, but um, so I have a Roku TV and on the YouTube app recently, they've sort of like re-jiggered uh, how the different tabs appear. So now there is a specific movies tab um, on the bottom that is a rent and buy. Yeah. So now just le- so basically everything's going to go to YouTube now. Google Play Music and Google Play Movies are just in YouTube, which is great because we have a YouTube app on the Apple TV. So that was my concern. I want them to watch it on the TV. I I don't like having to use Blu-rays. I find them significantly slower than streaming. Right? I hate physical media. Do you or no? No, I'm being ir- okay. ironic and sarcastic here because the idea is that sooner or later, um, a lot of this will run out and I will be hoarding my uh, uh, VHS tapes, my DVDs, my Blu-rays, my betas, my, uh, you know, uh, 35 millimeter prints of da- laser uh, discs. versions of my laser discs. Absolutely. Uh, just all the physical media. But no, uh, joking aside, I do collect certain things um, because I don't know when they'll appear or disappear from a streaming service. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with that. I, I, I don't have a problem with owning Blu-rays or whatever. I just... In terms of convenience, it's just easier when it's online. But yes, I totally get it that if, if your internet's not working and you want to watch a Blu-ray, you can. Well, you can't, depending on the Blu-ray player, because uh, sometimes they force you to have internet connectivity. Oh, uh, well, PlayStation 3 doesn't. Right, but you know what I'm saying is that like, uh, uh, increasingly, annoyingly, uh, my Internet of Things uh, doesn't allow me to uh, use it standalone offline. Yeah, well, soon you'll have a better Internet of Things, I'm hoping. Yes, uh, which is something we'll talk about at a later date, hopefully. Uh, but for now, let us move on to the paranormal side of things, my friend. Sounds good. Hello? I'm a computer. I'm a computer guy. Everything made out of buttons and wires. Double density. 
Welcome back to Double Density. As always, we're switching gears from tech to the paranormal. But this uh, uh, week's episode is not necessarily a paranormal episode, but there might be uh, uh, tinges of the paranormal in them. Uh, more so of a conspiracy theory kind of episode, which we enjoy doing once in a while, right? And we lump them last... in with paranormal, really. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like last episode, we did the Grin Light, which was super cool. I don't know if anyone has had a chance to go watch some videos on YouTube, but definitely like a fun little mystery. This is uh, more of a heavy kind of subject to talk about. Um, and we're going to get into it in a sec. But first, it, suffice to say, Angelo, you're not on Twitter much. Okay, so this is something that I know nothing about. I'm looking at basically a blank Google Doc right now. Under paranormal, uh, it just says Epstein all the time is what you wrote. And right. I know nothing about this. A few weeks ago, or like almost a month at this point, you sent me a message saying, oh, just see about this Epstein thing. And I had no idea what you were talking about. And I still right. really don't know much about it because... Guess what, Brian? I've I've stopped caring about like a lot of stuff. So, given that, and the thing is, that, like, this is one of the reasons why we delayed doing the episode because I uh, have to unpack things for you, um, and I couldn't have my wife on because she's like well versed in this. I couldn't have other people on because they all pay attention to the news, unlike you, who basically is like a child wandering through the wilderness, uh, hoping to get some sign of life. I look. I follow the things I want to follow, and um, Twitter lately has not been something I've wanted to go on. And this was all over Twitter. I've heard it mentioned on a few podcasts that I listen to, that's for sure, but not in very much detail because they don't, they covered it in a passing sort of way. Right. Um, so I'm so this is curious. kind of a, a primer, right? So there's two disclaimers. One is that we're going to talk about some really heavy things, unfortunately. So this is definitely like a more uh, mature sort of episode. We touch on all the uh, real life things that have occurred. And unfortunately, there are some victims involved. And first and foremost, too, my second disclaimer is that I want to put this out there. I do believe all of Epstein's victims who have come forward since these charges were first announced. And I stand in solidarity with them. While we're going to probably take a more humorous angle to what goes on with the rest of the episode, the fact remains that this person is dead and therefore cannot be prosecuted. And it's a damn shame for all of the victims seeking their day in court to confront the person they've accused. Yep. I, that's <laughs> no, yeah, all for right. sure. So to situate things, August 10th, 2019, I uh, wake up, I check Twitter, I see that uh, Jeffrey Epstein has passed. I text you about his death. You respond with who? <laughs> so I feel like I have to take this episode uh, to educate you. So I've kind of created a primer about some of the things and uh, like a third disclaimer, I guess, like while I'm scratching the surface on a lot of things, there are so much more out there um, that I sort of had to consolidate uh, a lot of <laughs> info. But suffice it to say, uh, this is just the tip of the iceberg, right? So now I'm going to lay out the facts of the case as I best reach the, search them. And I want you to keep the following question in mind. Okay. So Jeffrey Epstein passed. Did he take his own life or was he murdered? Okay. You ready for that? Yeah. So while we talk about this, I want you to keep this in mind, right? So let's travel back in time to July 8th, 2019. So financier and very wealthy man Jeffrey Epstein is charged with sex trafficking of a minor and also one count of conspiracy to commit sex trafficking. So he that carries a maximum of uh, 45 years in prison, right? So to quote Vox, the money manager was accused, so that's what he does for a living. He manages money ostensibly, but where that money comes from, we're not sure. We'll get to that in a sec. Um, so Epstein was accused of sexually abusing dozens of underage girls, bringing them to his home for massages during which he masturbated or had intercourse with them. He was indicted in 2007, but as Julie K. Brown reported at the Miami Herald, he ultimately just got 13 months in county jail at that time, thanks to a deal signed by U.S. Attorney Alexander Acosta, who would later become Secretary of Labor Honor Donald Trump. So Donald Trump is introduced here. We'll talk about him later, too. So the FBI had prepared a 53-page sex crime indictment for Epstein in 2007 that would have sent him to prison for life, according to the Herald. Instead, he cut a deal with Acosta, which allowed him to serve just 13 months. Not 
in a federal or state prison, but in a private wing of a Palm Beach County jail where he was granted work release to go to a comfortable office for 12 hours a day, six days a week, despite the fact that the Palm Beach Sheriff's Department prohibited work release for sex offenders. So he's basically like at a, at a Mar-a-Lago. Yes, essentially, yeah. So this isn't the first time that these charges have been brought against him. And the last time he kind of, you know, skirted the law, it seems like, and uh, kind of got away uh, pretty much scot-free because I understand that um, during his time in his office, he was allowed visitors no matter who they were. Now, is there evidence that he was paying people off to allow him to do this? I mean, like, that's the kind of supposition that, or I, I have another theory that will eventually break down, but not necessarily um, being paid off, but perhaps uh, there was uh, incentives to go easy on him. Okay. So who is Jeffrey Epstein? So he was born in 1953 in New York City uh, in Brooklyn, um, you know, to Jewish parents. And as per the uh, NY mag, he dropped out of Cooper Union and NYU's current Institute of Mathematical Sciences before finding a job teaching calculus and physics at the Dalton School in the mid-1970s. So um, Dalton School is a pretty prestigious, like, private college prep institution. And uh, one of the people who went there was the son of uh, Attorney General William Barr um, and one of his students also included the son of a Bear Stearns chairman, uh, Alan Greenberg. So Greenberg just randomly invites this dude to a job at Bear Stearns. Just like that? Just like that. So in 1976, he joins Bear as a floor trader's assistant, making partner uh, in a mere four years. And by 1981, he was out setting up the J. Epstein & Company uh, money management visit the next year. So he's a quick mover. He kind of knew his way around money. Yes. So uh, starting in 1982, he was advertising his services for those with assets of more than a billion dollars and was soon managing billions in client assets. By 1992, he owned the largest private residence in Manhattan. We're going to talk about that in a sec. For tax purposes, he ran his business from the island of St. Thomas in the U.S. Virgin Islands since at least 1996. And near that island, he owned the island of Little St. James. Now, Angelo, Little St. James, um, you know, we've talked about Bohemian Grove, right? And the weird things that happen there. So kind of keep that in mind when I talk about the next part, okay? You know, someone's shady when they own their own island and their business is run from another island. Angelo, this is just the tip of the iceberg, my friend. So, uh, in 1998, for almost $8 million, Epstein purchased Little St. James, which is situated between St. Thomas, which we just mentioned, and St. John. So, it is 72 acres of land, and he outfitted the island with towering palm trees, multiple buildings, and a helicopter pad. But, my friend, there's also what appears to be a mysterious blue-striped temple according to insider magazine it previously featured a gold dome that flew off in 2017 when hurricanes irma and maria devastated the region while the purpose of the temple is unknown one possibility is that it had served as a place for the classically trained epstein to practice piano so workers described it as a music room with acoustic walls and a grand piano inside as the ap reports conspiracy theorists though have suggested that the temple was either a secluded setting for epstein's abuse or that it concealed a hidden underground location for the same purpose it, it could have been a Masonic thing, too, no? Uh, so according to Fox News, Epstein had a dedicated team of workers on the island who trafficked girls as young as 12 years old to his <sighs> clients. And to get there, Epstein would fly underage girls into St. Thomas, and he would ferry them over uh, to his private island via a boat named the Lady Jelaine, uh, one former employee told Bloomberg Magazine. Once on the island, the underage girls and women say they were coerced into encounters and in some cases even held hostage. Wow, this guy was a monster. Yes. Uh, his monstrosity knows uh, no bad. So I should say his alleged monstrosity, right? Because he was never um, formally indicted for these specific charges. So Virginia Roberts, who was one of these victims, claims to have been trafficked by Epstein, told her lawyers in 2011 that she saw Bill Clinton with two young girls on the island. Quote, I remember asking Jeffrey, what's Bill Clinton doing here? And that kind of thing. And he laughed it off and said, well, he owes me a favor, Roberts told her lawyers. Oh, weird. I know. Oh, we're going to get weirder than that, Angela, because 
Jeffrey Epstein also owned Zorro Ranch in New Mexico. So conspiracy theorists believe that there are underground facilities under the ranch for reasons undetermined. So it's a relatively short distance to Roswell, New Mexico, and to be noted, about an hour and a half from Los Alamos. Huh. Okay. As well as the highly interesting Santa Fe Institute. If ever you want to read about, you know, uh, kooks and uh, interesting people who have lots of thoughts about life, because one of the many things he mentioned is that he wanted to use his seed to make like perfect human beings, right? Um, so he donated about a quarter of a million dollars to the Santa Fe Institute, uh, too. But Angelo, it gets weirder. Okay. Zorro Ranch is about three hours away from the Dolce military base. Oh, well, that I know. I know that thing. You know, the one with the secret alien wars? Okay, so we're we're able to connect this guy to UFOs? Yes. So some conspiracy theorists, and I'll, I'll have links in the show notes, are saying that perhaps the underground facilities at Zora Ranch are related to that. So some food for a lot for you. Huh. Okay. And then, yes. yeah. Did he, did he know uh, John Podesta, too? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> he was too busy uh, with the pizzas. Yes. So let's talk about his wealth and his entourage, right? So to quote an NY Mag article, um, so this is Enrique Diaz Alvarez, the chief risk officer at Ebery, which is a trading firm. He's supposed to run an enormous foreign exchange trading firm, but I never once heard of him or his firm or anyone who worked or traded with him. And this is also from NY Mag. And as Forbes wrote in a 2010 blog post with a very direct title, sex offender Jeffrey Epstein is not a billionaire. His money management firm based in the US Virgin Islands generates no public records, nor has his client list ever been revealed suffice it to say there's one particular person that we'll talk about whose assets he managed but before that we're going to talk about one of epstein's uh former loves who also was one of his girl wranglers so her name is jelaine or slaine maxwell so in 1992 she had a romantic relationship with epstein and remained closely associated with epstein for decades afterwards um her father robert maxwell was a Mossad asset so head on over to the show notes to check out the counterpunch article all about uh you know being a part of uh, israeli intelligence oh that's pretty interesting so Maxwell first became a household name in her home country, uh, you know, in England in November 1991. That was the month that her father, uh, Robert Maxwell, the uh, publishing magnate, but also uh, Israeli intelligence agent, tumbled over the side of a yacht he had named after her, the Lady Jelaine, in an apparent suicide. There are rumors and sort of ideas that he didn't commit suicide, obviously, that he was pushed, you know, oh. away um, he, his life was ended uh, prematurely. Um, so uh, Jelaine has reportedly been hiding out in the Northeast uh, United States as the story unfolds. There's like a really weird pic of her at an In-N-Out burger that was taken after this all broke, but people aren't even sure that's real or Photoshop because there's an ad for the movie Good Boys in the back, and uh, originally at that In-N-Out burger, it was an ad for a hospital. Okay, so it's, yeah. The, the, that's the problem now is that things are going to be so faked so easily that we won't be able to tell right from wrong. Double density. So we're going to be talking now about a guy named Larry Salona. So this is the guy who first reported on Jeffrey Epstein's suicide. So he's a New York Post reporter who um, had the only postmortem photos of Jeffrey Epstein. Okay. He was also featured in Stanley Kubrick's Eyes Wide Shut. <laughs> That's a weird connection. He also wrote about Kubrick's sudden death just before his heavily cut film on the Illuminati Eyes Wide Shut was released. And uh, so he was one of the guys who had written copy as well as like headlines for um, some of the newspapers that appeared in the movie. So he's in the thick of things, this guy. He also broke the story of JFK Jr.'s death. Okay, this is weird that he's all over uh, the deaths of relatively famous people. A man named Salono appears on Epstein's flight logs, because we're going to be talking about his plane in a bit, but he appears on Epstein's flight logs. 
Okay. And we can agree that Eyes Wide Shut, the movie... I don't, have you seen the movie? No, I've never seen it. It's too scandalous for me, Brian. <laughs> you need to rent it on whatever streaming service is out there. It'll probably be on the Disney one, no? Yeah, absolutely. Of course. It'll be like Iron Man, Eyes Wide Shut. Okay. It, when watching the movie, uh, and this is something that's sort of like been in the sort of ephemera of pop culture, is like the movie can really be interpreted as a skeleton key for unmasking like a lot of like the elite depravities in the world, which is the theory as to why uh, Stanley Kubrick was murdered and didn't pass away. But wasn't he kind of old and not well? I mean, he wasn't that old. He was in his 60s, right? So, oh, okay. No, he wasn't old at all then. So the idea that like perhaps he his life was ended not by his own choice? Mm, okay. And, um, and by other this guy was involved in this New York Times writer Well, listen, he, he broke Je- Jeff Epstein's suicide. He broke Stanley Kubrick's death. He broke uh, JFK Jr.'s death. That was over 20 years ago, uh, JFK yeah. Jr. Oh, and believe me, we're going to talk about JFK Jr. a bit too. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. You've gone deep. Yes. So moving on. So, you know, this is, you know, I'm just trying to build a case here of like the oddities surrounding uh, Jeffrey Epstein's death. A little bit weird, a little bit too neat, right? So um, Jeffrey Epstein was found dead late, either on uh, late on Friday, August 9th or early August 10th, 2019. Alleged cause of death was hanging. He had uh, just been taken off suicide watch uh, some days before. So two weeks previously to that, per NBC News, Epstein, who is 66, was found semi-conscious with marks on his neck in his cell at the Metropolitan Correctional Center in Manhattan sometime in between July 23rd and July 25th, 2019. Um, and this is according to prison sources. Epstein is on suicide watch. So he was on suicide watch at that time, um, pretty much up until right before his his uh, passing. So while the two sources said that Epstein may have tried to hang himself, a third source cautioned that the injuries weren't serious, questioning whether Epstein might have staged an attack or a suicide attempt to get a transfer to another facility, right? So another source, apart from these two, said that an assault hadn't been ruled out and that another inmate in Epstein's unit, identified by sources as a man named Nicholas Tartaglioni, has been questioned. And sources also said Epstein and Tartaglioni were cellmates. So this dude is a 49-year-old former police officer um, uh, from uh, Briarcliff Manor, New York, who was arrested in December 2016 and accused of killing four men in alleged cocaine distribution conspiracy. And then he, bodied, he buried their bodies in his yard in Otisville, New York, according to court records. Oh. He was charged with drug conspiracy and four counts of murder and is a winning trial. Well, with that Italian name, he's got to be mobbed up. Right. So something to note, too, is that right before... I'm allowed um, making uh, fun of Italians, by the way. I'm yes, one of the absolutely. Things I can make fun of. That and robots. Yes. And, and fine arts students. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. As a, a, Do you have an MFA or a BFA? Sorry? Is that what BFA, you have? Yeah, I don't have the master's. Right, okay. I'm not, uh, where, is, where is your diploma right now? It used to hang in my office, but then we moved to an open office, so I had no walls to hang it on. So I think it's at work somewhere in like a drawer. Okay. Uh, but you have it near you. Uh, at work near me I okay think. <laughs> even though i literally work at the place that can give me back the diploma right uh so something to note about epstein is that um he had met with his lawyers pretty much like the day before and his lawyers had said that he was in good spirits he seemed to want to fight the case like there's all these like there was no signs that he was like ready to go oh okay so he is the, and that's why they took him off the suicide watch right because i was gonna say that's kind of strange that he was taken off of it and then he promptly committed suicide. Maybe did he fake his, his change of mood maybe to, to be able to attempt suicide? Right. I, who knows? Right. Cause the thing is like, no one knows about his mindset right before his passing. Um, that we're going to talk about some of the theories as to what I believe. So 
The crime scene itself. Epstein was housed in a SHU unit, so that is security housing unit at the MCC, which is uh, what I mentioned before, the Metropolitan Correctional Center in Manhattan. So according to first-hand accounts of people who have been uh, in the SHU at the MCC, the bed sheets are very thin and it's very difficult to be able to hang yourself with those. Okay. So, so that's point so, one against that. Exactly. Uh, so both guards who were supposed to be watching the unit time were asleep and were subsequently and very quickly let go. And these are union guys, right? Like they're not just, you know, high res. Um, so there was no fight put up. So they got rid of those two quite fast. Huh. So that's strike two. Strike three is that the cameras outside of his cell weren't working while this was all going down. Of course not. Oh, and also sort of like to add to the weirdness of this, someone posted the details of uh, the uh, EMT arrival and Epstein's death to 4chan before the news officially broke. Well, 4chan's ahead of everything, I guess. So people think it might be an EMT or someone on site who did that. Okay. Huh. So there's a lot of strangeness surrounding this for sure. Yes, there's a lot. So we're going to talk about who would want him dead. That sounds like a lot of people. So I kind of outlined some of the, once again, like this is the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, because I'm going to have to sit um, back here for like an extra half hour of listening to names, right? Jeffrey Epstein had a little black book, which um, uh, came into the government's possession um, earlier in the decade uh, during the 2017, uh, 2007 ordeal. So uh, the infamous black book um, was stolen by his Palm Beach butler, Alfredo Rodriguez. So court papers state that Rodriguez argued that he needed to keep the journal's insurance as he feared that Epstein would make him, quote, disappear, unquote. Oh, boy. So court papers also reveal that Rodriguez witnessed new girls whom he believed were underage at the pool area of the home and knew that his former employer was engaging in sexual contact with these girls and uh, just did a bad, you know, reportedly, uh, allegedly, and all this bad stuff went down there. Wow. Yeah. So per Business Insider, what's more is that the Black Book is the quote-unquote golden nugget to unraveling the alleged sex trafficking operation, according um, to Rodriguez, in an FBI affidavit that uh, Gawker had reported on in 2015. So Rodriguez served 18 months for obstruction of justice after he tried to sell the Black Book to a lawyer uh, for Epstein's accusers, and he circled more than 50 names in the book, including President Donald Trump's. Interesting. So Rodriguez died from cancer in 2014. Very timely. Very, very timely. Yeah, they could have easily poisoned him. Yes. So, I mean, there's a bunch of this, right? So, I actually went through the... So, uh, the Treasure Trove of Documents was released right before um, Epstein's uh, alleged suicide. Um, and a part of that was an unredacted version of the Black Book. Now, can we find this Black Book anywhere? Uh, so, the tw- the 2005 version, you can absolutely find online okay. pretty easily in PDF but, format. But you said the unredacted one. Can, you said we can find that one? Yes, now you can. Wow. Yes. So there is a Montreal connection in the black book. Really? So one of the phone numbers um, is listed off as uh, the phone number for this horrible restaurant that used to be on Lucien Lallier and Renovet called Brochette.ca. But the thing is that the black book dates from about 2004, 2005, but Brochette.ca incorporated in 2009 years later, right? So unfortunately, not the same entity, just inherited the same phone number. So that it doesn't necessarily mean it was in that building. It could have been anywhere. Exactly. So the phone number could have belonged to another business, and unfortunately, you can't look phone numbers up like that, right? They must have gotten some weird phone calls. Did I ever tell you my friend got a phone number of a drug dealer? No. Yeah, he kept getting calls to have to deliver things. So uh, someone else in there who is from Montreal is Lance Stroll's dad. Really? The billionaire Lawrence Stroll is listed as having um, an apartment on Park Avenue somewhere. Well, that's pretty interesting. That That's a tie to something I like. If anybody's wondering, Lance Stroll is a Formula One driver who was only there because of his money. There you go, right? Yeah, nobody likes him. <laughs> Lawrence Stroll also owns, I think, one of the tracks at Mont Tremblant or something? Yeah, he does. 
Um, so uh, and a race and a racing team now, right? He bought out a team that went uh, bankrupt last year. So further to that, um, I want to talk more about Formula One, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only part I know what I'm talking about. Start your Formula One podcast, and I'll see you there. Uh, you know, at one point, uh, agents uh, storm Epstein's uh, uh, New York home, right? And uh, pulled out compact discs with handwritten labels like Young Name Plus Name from a safe in his mansion. Ooh, that does not bode well. No. So Epstein was an accumulator of famous friends, and his connections would later prove extremely as important as he tried to defend himself against these allegations of sexual abuse. So um, remember before when I said he didn't disclose his client list? Yeah. So one of the few exceptions is a man named Les Wexner. So Les is the founder uh, and CEO of L Brands, which includes Victoria's Secret. He's worth about $4.8 billion, and he gave Epstein control of his money and power of attorney over his affairs. Whoa. He That's reportedly the, the, stole... He has no one else? So he... Re, we'll get to that in a sec, because oh, okay. we're, we're about to go down the rabbit hole, my friend. He reportedly sold Epstein his, a $77 million Upper East Side mansion for a low price if he paid anything at all so, so he basically just gave it to him yes so i found this really great twitter thread that kind of breaks down why uh this could be occurring in this instance obviously not proven in court right of course not nothing is so i'm gonna read uh, a twitter thread from like mid-july about this so um so this is from at quantian one the number one so apologies in advance but i want to do a quick little thread to explain my th- my theory of what the epstein story really is i promise this isn't some crazy pizza gate conspiracy about space lizards but a very neat little explanation that perfectly fits the known facts so let's take as our starting point two givens one you are committed and an unrepentant pedophile Two, because of your old job in private banking, you're very connected to lots of very, very wealthy people. And let's also assume a goal, which is Z, you want to become very rich. The obvious route is well obvious. You could just be a pimp offering unrich prostitute services to very rich people. This has two problems. You're very disposable, and it's also not super lucrative. You can't charge millions of dollars up front, right? So the second level through follows instantly. You don't need to charge up front. Just get them to have unrich sex and then blackmail them afterwards for hush money. Better return on investment, but you're still a liability, and producing and receiving big bribe money raises questions. So what do you do? Well... The second idea has some merits. First, you need to recruit people in, have lots of massive parties at your spacious home, invite top academics, artists, politicians, and encourage people to come, and supply lots of young women. You won't even have to do anything, and most people invited might even be totally unaware of the real purpose of the parties. But sooner or later, some billionaire will get handsy, she'll escort him to a room with a hidden camera, and things will happen. Morning after, you strike. You inform him that this girl is really 15, but you offer him a nice, neat way to buy your silence. A large allocation to your hedge fund, which charges 220 to ensure nobody else asks, you also take the extraordinary step of demanding power of attorney. The fund is offshore in a tax haven, and nobody will see the client list. Of course, you don't really know anything about investing. Instead, making up some nonsense about currency trading, and nobody on Wall Street has ever uh, traded with you, which is a big problem. The fund itself doesn't need investment uh, personnel, only some back office people to process the wires. You won't want money from non-pedophiles, although they'll notice you, and you just put it in an S&P 500 fund, so you really reject all incoming inquiries. So a $20 million wire from billionaire X to you with no obvious reason will raise many questions, and the IRS will certainly want to know what you did to warrant it. But a $5 million quarterly fee for managing a billion in assets? Nobody bets an eye. That's actually a really interesting theory. That and I will link to yeah, I will link to this in the show notes because it actually like uh, it, I feel like it's the prevailing theory as to why Les Wexler gave <laughs> Epstein all this power. Yeah, blackmail. So much of Epstein's social life involved very young women. Quote: I've known Jeff for 15 years. Terrific guy. He's a lot of fun to be with. It is even said that he likes beautiful women as much as I do. Many of them are on the younger side. 
Donald Trump, 2002. Class act, that guy. So Trump has denied being close to Epstein recently, and the internet basically shoved that claim back in his face by unearthing several photos that suggested otherwise. But the president never lies about anything. No, no never. Oh, and just because you think that like this is a uh, you know an American thing, uh, don't even think there are global implications. Well, uh, you mentioned point, Lawrence Stroll before. Well, Prince Andrew. The prince. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so victim Virginia Giuff has already alleged in 2011 testimony that Andrew quote knows the truth end quote about Epstein's abuse of underage girls and said that he should be made to testify in a December 2014 court filing she alleged that she was made to have sex with him and other friends of Epstein Ugh. I don't even like this is terrible let's talk about Kevin Spacey for a sec oh great do you remember that weird video of his where he uh, kind of like uh, clapped out of society well yeah because he was found out to be a pretty horrible person all right, so let's read too much into this. So the weird video, um, he's drinking or like holding what seems to be an empty coffee cup, has a royal uh, insignia on it, right? Um, and so some, cons- some conspiracy folks believe that this is like a dog whistle to the British royal family to shut up or else he'll spill the beans on Prince Andrew. Huh, interesting. I don't think so, but yeah. You want to talk about other friends of Jeffrey Epstein? The Clintons. Interesting. So uh, Bill Clinton put out a statement after Epstein's first July 2019 court appearance saying that he traveled on the financier's private jet four times in 2002 and 2003. Tried to get ahead, ahead of things. So the plane has an unfortunate uh, nickname uh, in media circles. They call it the Lolita Express. Ugh. So flight logs obtained by Gawker in 2015 actually placed Clinton on several more flights, more than a dozen. Oh, boy. So uh, do you know about the Clinton body count? Uh, you've mentioned this before. Right, so the notion that like the Clintons have like offed people who are undesirable to them. So Vince Foster in the early 90s and more recently, uh, Seth Rich. Uh, <sighs> so one of few conspiracy theory is that they murdered JFK Jr. to block him from running a winning U.S. Senate seat, allowing Hillary to formally enter politics. Huh, that's really elaborate. So also because stuff like this is literally just like an Ouroboros of like, uh, you know, subjects eating themselves. JFK Jr. is a fave topic of the QAnon set. So right now there's a civil war uh, brewing on uh, two sides uh, in between uh, QAnon believers. And like, uh, it's, it's a very confusing kind of mess. Uh, if you're interested, I suggest looking this up because I'm not going to waste my time. But they believe JFK Jr. to be alive and well. So to quote Rolling Stone magazine, hardcore Q believers think that JFK Jr. is not only alive and well, but also that he plans to emerge from his 20-year hiatus from public life by coming out and supporting Trump as his running mate in 2020. <laughs> Moreover, <laughs> they believe that a guy named in Pittsburgh named Vincent Fuchsia is actually JFK Jr. in disguise, and, and Vincent goes to a lot of these rallies. Wow. So the, the body count story is largely ludicrous, but it's been sustained at this point since the Vince Foster thing for about 25 years. It's, it's borderline Pizzagate. Yes. So uh, just something to keep in mind. So this Lolita Express plane, uh, Epstein gained some measure of fame in the early 2000s for flying President Bill Clinton, actor Kevin Spacey, and comedian Chris Tucker to Africa to tour AIDS prevention and treatment project sites. So as I was saying before, Clinton would go on to use uh, the plane much more than he admitted to. I mean, that sounds like an actual good cause, but I wonder what the good cause was a cover for. Well, that's the presupposition that there's something going on that uh, isn't being said about what else they got up to. Now, any more alien stuff? No, sadly. This is oh, all real life bad. stuff. So these are just but a few people who um, uh, would have motive uh, to make him disappear as, as much as possible. It's quite a list, actually. Oh, this is, and like I was saying before, this is just the, t- the tip of the iceberg. And all like rich and powerful bottom. people. Yes, exactly. Um, and this is like a global conspiracy. And it's one that as time continues, I'm buying into. Now, which part do you buy into the most? Like everything? This is... 
uh, pretty much at this point. Like even the Dulce stuff? No, no. I mean, like, not the underground base stuff, but, like, the connections in between people and the weird signaling, like, the, the Kevin Spacey coffee mug with the, you know, the royal family. Oh, yeah? You buy into that? I think so. Why was he doing that? I don't know. Just because he's weird. I guess, but it seemed a little out of place, right? Um, I, I buy into the idea that a lot of people want to silence him, right? So I have uh, kind of coming to the conclusion, I have four theories about his death, and this is where I want you to sort of weigh in. Okay. So the first one is that he actually killed himself because he felt remorseful for his actions. Probably not by the sounds of what he's been up to. Right, so this despite the fact that, as I was saying before, his lawyers saw him right before his death and he seemed upbeat and they made plans for future topics of discussion, right? Yeah, exactly. So the second one is that he killed himself because he wanted to choose how he went out versus any of the people he was close to getting to him and ending him in a much slower and more painful way. Okay, that, that makes way more sense than the first one. So the interesting thing is that the leading theory right now about how this man, because they've done tests, right, and, and um, these monk beds and things in, uh, you know, in solitary confinement are that tall, is that he kept jumping and pushing himself forward over and over, like kind of like jumping up and down until he died. You can't do that. Well, that's what the coroner's claiming. Also, the coroner uh, is a super old guy who also conducted JFK's uh, autopsy. No. Something about that. Yes. Oh, wow. That's an yeah. interesting uh, actual connection there. So that's the second one. The third one, he was murdered by any of the above people or any of the people not mentioned, but in the black book, any of the people he had dealing. Okay. So this is plausible given the shoddy nature of, by which all this is unraveled, right? So the idea is that, you know, um, uh, the security camera's not working, the guard's being asleep, his uh, cellmate was like moved out hours before his supposed suicide. There's a lot there that's kind of super weird and janky, right? Yeah, so sure. it's kind of like the perfect kind of entrance for someone to go in and end him because uh, in late July, they didn't get him. Yeah. So this is the crazier one. And one that I think you're going to enjoy, that he was not murdered, but a, dobby, a body double was used to shuttle him out of the MCC and into safe hands. Okay, that, that makes the most sense. So he's <laughs> going to be living with uh, Charlie Fuchsia or whatever his name is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so some claim that he's been shuttled off to uh, Germany at the Rammstein Air Force Base for safekeeping. And this is, um, I do believe, coming from people who were on uh, shortwave um, who were picking up weird chatter. Wow. It it so is the whole, this like the theories are are actually pretty interesting. This is such a good contemporary conspiracy theory. I do agree. So the only evidence I would have to point to the body double thing being real, um, and some people it was really funny because there are like pictures of his body being wheeled out, and they compared his ear to um, other shots of his ear previously to sort of like say like this isn't the same ear. Ears are actually very um, specific to people. Obviously, after he had died, he was lying down, so it's kind of harder to judge yeah, the true. full breadth of an ear. Um, the, so the only evidence I kind of had to point to this maybe being true is the fact of a lack of evidence. His death didn't trigger some sort of dead man switch by which information about his accomplices was released as retaliation. Oh, did it? Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying is like there's a lack of evidence, right? Oh, okay, okay. Like no treasure trove came out sort of like uh, against whoever may have ended him. Okay, that's true. The downing effect this had on the victims, I mean, people have come forward recounting their harrowing experiences with the elite and are left to twist in the wind, unfortunately. Like, without a body to prosecute, it becomes harder to build a case. And while the rest may happen, unfortunately, with Epstein gone, as I was saying in the beginning, this is kind of a moot point. They make make a couple of arrests, but it's not nearly as uh, severe or as heavy or as wide-reaching as it would have been had Epstein um, been alive. So, Angelo, I kind of laid out a case for you. So, what do you think about all this? Well, he probably did kill himself because he realized how uh, bad it was going to be for him in prison. Um, it wasn't going to be the same um, country club he was at before. He's probably going to end up in, in prison with hardcore criminals that were going to find out he was like a child abuser and they were going to destroy him. So you don't find the fact that like all of these weird things surrounding when he died odd? No, they are odd. There's some, there's some like, uh, 
I mean, I'm just looking at the most likely solution. Is it the correct one? Maybe not. That the the third one sounds interesting as well. Um, and it, look, it could actually be. It, it's definitely not where he felt remorse because he doesn't sound like somebody would have felt remorse. No, at not all. all. No. But so one one in four to me, like the the body double thing, uh, far fetched. Not really willing to believe the the fact that he either killed himself um, because he wanted to avoid you know a painful death, or he was killed, which I actually do believe is the most likely scenario, given the fact that like there is an international cabal and conspiracy of. Like, uh, this is a legitimate pedophile ring. This is what Pizzagate was supposed to be. Yeah, this is the actual Pizzagate. And uh, yes. it's, 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 it's sad that the Pizzagate thing got so much coverage. And um, this is the actual issue that was at hand. And this was never actually resolved while it was going on. No, and that's the thing, too, is that he w- didn't stick around or wasn't allowed to stick around uh, for long enough to actually uh, be seen in the eyes of the law and to, you know, uh, face his accusers and allow them to sort of build a case against this because they have all this treasure trove of information, including those, like, discs that they pulled out from one of his safes from his weird $77 million mansion that was given to him. Yeah, and who knows, like, have they seen what's on those discs or they're not really releasing that information? <sighs> They're not going to release that information. There's nothing to prosecute, so why would they release that information, right? It only damages presumably innocent people unless they decide to file charges against these people, but they would need to prove chain of custody and things like that with the discs, right? Yeah, because the thing is, is are those the discs that he was using to blackmail people, right? I do believe so. I do believe that there's a lot of those there, right? And he probably got them in multiple places. Oh, yeah, for sure. So there's a lot of people who knew what he was up to and didn't come forward either um, because they were scared of what was going to happen to them or they were complicit in a different way or they themselves were being blackmailed too. Yeah, there's the thing is with this so with this conspiracy, there's so many options that are actually viable. Yeah, and it's kind of a, a crazy thing. Like I was saying in the beginning, like I didn't want to make a light of this because of the gravitas of the thing, but there's a lot of weird stuff here that's sort of like. And once again, like I was saying before, like this is just the ice, like the tip of the iceberg. Like you spend any amount of time researching this, and you can go deeper and deeper and deeper. Quite the rabbit hole. Um, so. In the show notes, we're going to have about <laughs> links to about 20 different articles that I've sourced or read for um, information um, about this. I'll let you add those to our webpage. Yeah, I absolutely will. <laughs> um, so you're standing on the principle that he ended his life. I believe his life was ended uh, without his consent. It, well, the thing is, is that even though that in most circumstances, that would be like a crazy theory, it's not that far-fetched. It's completely possible. So the day of the 10th, Everyone along the political structure in the United States all agreed to the fact that, like, this was weird and he was probably murdered. Yeah, it, it is weird. That's for sure. Like, to see AOC and then some right-wingers come together and agree on this one single <laughs> fact is kind of mind-blowing. That's crazy. Uh, anyways, so I feel like we've gone on uh, pretty long about this. Um, so, yeah, uh, we would love to hear your thoughts uh, if you'd like to show them about the Jeffrey Epstein case, a lot of the weirdness surrounding it. Did I miss anything particularly weird or involving aliens apart from the Dolce Base thing? Let us know, double underscore density on Twitter. You can also hit us up on Instagram at double density podcast. You can head over to our website, double density.net, where we have a brand new web player and it is beautiful and fun to use and great looking. Yeah, and Fireside, I'm very excited if- amazing job on that. They stepped up on that for sure. It's one of the better looking ones I've seen online. And uh, you can listen to us through that or any of your, you know, fave podcasting services, including Overcast. Yes. And uh, Apple Podcasts and Pocket Casts right. and all kinds right. of things. All kinds of casts. Go ahead and rate us, you know, on uh, on the App Store. Yeah. Give us like five five stars out of five stars. That'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, maybe it'll help Angela's back get better. I don't know. Maybe. My back's a lot better. It's better. Uh, it's through it, the magic uh, through the magic of magic yeah i haven't been able to practice my magic as much as i'd like to because i can't what? really i couldn't really sit down at the table in front of the close-up mat 
what a shame, my friend. Yeah. What a brilliant, brilliant shame. Just to note, I recently made an appearance on our friend Rob's Our Strange Guys Patreon-only episode, uh, the newest meltdown about the infamous alien autopsy uh, special that aired in 1995. Uh, had a lot of fun, Angelo, because of your issues. You were unable to listen, I but we not. actually gave you homework in the episode, so go ahead and listen to that. <laughs> um, and I encourage everyone to head on over and uh, listen to his podcast because he's been putting a lot of really great stuff, really recently, good stuff um, yeah. on his on his main feed. Yeah, yeah, his... Uh... His uh, rebirth of Our Strange Skies, really, really great job. Yeah, if you want to learn about the Chupas, definitely a great place to learn all about uh, that kind of like weird uh, a wave, I guess would be the best way of putting it. Yeah, I wish I had a good radio voice like Rob. You can learn too, my friend. Robotic lives uh, can uh, transform into having a touch of humanity to them. Let me try. <laughs> Angelo, tune in uh, next episode as we try to get our release schedule back on track. And I, my friend... Uh, We'll see you around, presumably not at the MCC. No, probably not.